Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Psalms 103, would you say this tonight? I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness, that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Here in Psalms chapter uh, 103, something here that's been... Uh, a psalms that I have spoken over myself for many, many years now. But I want to read it, the first five scriptures here to you. And I want us to look at it very closely. How many of you believe the Word of God? How many believe it's for you today? Amen. So, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, and bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Let's just back up here just a little bit. Bless the Lord. Years ago, been over 20 years ago now, that I was praying this, and one day it just kind of hit me like, you know what, God, you do so much for me. You know, you've saved me, you've healed me, you, you know, you've, you've provided for me. You know, in fact, if the truth is, if you want to be very biblical, the very air that I breathe comes from him. And, uh, you know, I don't know all the scientific medical facts, but I do know enough to know that there's 21% oxygen and 78%, is that right? 78% nitrogen and 1% of other stuff floating in the atmosphere that I breathe. Did I get that right? For those who know this, okay, all right. So I know that. But I also know that if there was a higher percentage of oxygen and a lower percentage of nitrogen, I might not be able to survive or vice versa. You know, I know that. You know, so how is it that we all of a sudden have this perfect atmosphere that's perfect for us to breathe the air and where did this air come from? You know, well, I believe that every breath that I breathe comes from God. I believe the fact that, you know, my heart beats is because the Spirit of God's on the inside of me. I know there are some medical things that go on that contribute, you know, as the song said, you know, the arm's connected to the elbow and the elbow's connected to the whatever femur bone and the femur bone's connected to the show. I know all that. I know all these things work intricately together. But the bottom line is this. I believe with my whole heart that the fact that I can speak and live and thrive, as it says, you know, in him I move, I live, and have my being, all comes from God. I just choose to happen to believe that, and I also believe that I've experienced that. So I was just thanking God for all his benefits and how he blessed me. And one day, I said, Lord, you've done so much for me. What could I do for you? I want to bless God. I want to bless you. You know, and blessing God's kind of like buying your dad a Father's Day present when he has everything. You know, it's like, what does God need? You know, I said, but I want to know. I really want to know. And I stayed on that day after day after day. And, you know, I don't know exactly how I prayed or remember exactly every word I said when I prayed to God. But I went after him. I said, I want to bless you. How can I bless you? I want to bless you. They're, they're, I'm not going to let go of this until I know. And one day, and he said, 
he spoke to me and said, well, what's the rest of it say? I said, forget not his benefits. He goes, there you go. If you'll not forget my benefits, it'll bless me. How about that? You know, I, tr- I truly believe that good relationships are based on people having the attitude of what can I bring to this relationship, not what can I get out of this relationship. You know, when the scripture says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, to be able to give. Isn't it a lot of fun to give? And I was talking to a pastor today, and he was talking to me about, you know, a, a, a new person that's coming to the church and how they've all rallied behind this person to help them get them back on their feet, you know. And I was thinking about times that we've done that, you know. And he said this. He said, I just hope the person appreciates it and doesn't leave after we've done all these things. And we've all seen that. Listen, I said, well, let me share something with you about that, okay? I said, one of the things that you have to understand, we had a situation when Peggy was the um, uh, administrator of the food bank where all these people were coming up here from a hurricane that happened in New Orleans. What was the name of that hurricane? Katrina, that's right. You know, all these people were coming up, and so we as a church and other churches, we kind of got involved. And one of the members was working, and he came, he, he came to me and said, I am so angry. I said, what's up? He said, well, he says, I know for a fact this person did not come up here from Katrina. They live here. I know that. And they got in line, and they got all the benefits that these other people get. He said, I just don't think that's fair. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said, you know what the Lord spoke to me about that? I said, that's the price you pay to help people who really need it. And it's just, the other thing he spoke to me, he said, and what difference does it make? I got more where that comes from. So don't get hung up on maybe people conning the system. Because if you give up on people conning the system, then you won't help anybody. You know, so bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, and I began to ask God, how, how can I bless me? He said, well, why don't you receive what I have for you? Forget not all his benefits. So let's look at some of these benefits here. And uh, it says, first of, one, first of all, who forgives you of all your iniquities. Whoa, praise God, I like that. But what that should tell you right now, what that should position you, put you in a position of, you know, many times we go, well, I'm not worthy to receive. I'm not good enough to receive. Who said so? In order for you to receive your healing, you have to understand that you don't have to be worthy enough. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you are worthy enough to get saved? No hand should go up. No one's worthy to get saved, but God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, yeah, we have made that confession of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and therefore, we know that we're not deserving of it, but we know it's a free gift. You know, we quote Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but we forget what Romans 3.24 says, how he freely, how much did it cost you if it's free, how he freely, how much does it cost if, if it's free, if he freely, what did it cost you if he freely justified us? What did it cost you? Cost him something, but it didn't cost you anything, right? And so, yeah, we, we, we can receive that. We can wrap our head around the fact that God is so good that he has saved us, 
even though we didn't deserve it. So then why do we get this mentality of we got to be good enough to be healed? Where'd that come from? You know, comes from works, legalism. It comes from, you know, if the enemy can't stop you from being saved, he certainly doesn't want you to experience what Jesus came for you to experience. Well, let's back up a little further. How many of you pray the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Thy, thy will be done on earth as it is. Thy will be done on earth as it is. How many of you know that Jesus taught us to pray that prayer? If he taught us to pray that prayer, is it because he wants us to just waste our time and doesn't plan on answering it? No. Does he want us to experience heaven on earth? Okay. Is there any sickness in heaven? Is there any disease in heaven? Is there any sadness in heaven? Are there any elections in heaven? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. And so we need to begin to realize that, you know what, it is God's will. It is his plan. It's part of his benefits that we can receive healing. And in order for us to get positioned there, you need to know that you don't have to deserve it. And besides, even if you missed it, he's forgiven you of all your iniquities. That's a done deal when you're in Christ Jesus. When you're in Christ, all your sins are forgiven. You know, well, what about, well, what if I miss it? What about, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 John that we have, if we miss it, we have this advocate in other words, Jesus is there to say, I know he missed it, but he's already been forgiven. Now, does this give us a license to sin? No, it doesn't give us a license to sin. Why? Because Jesus taught us this. Paul taught us this. The Word of God teaches us this. And it says, if you do these things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And a lot of people say, aha, there you go. You sin, you go to hell. No, that's not what it said. It says, if you do these things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Romans says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right? In other words, you're going to be separated from receiving all God's best if you sin and habitually sin and don't do anything about it or willfully sin. In fact, one scripture says that you'll be cast in outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Where did that come from? Well, you all need to go to Israel so I can explain it to you. But the bottom line where that came from is that in the time that that was spoken, they had walled cities. And with walled cities, they had a certain place and everybody went. They didn't have garbage disposals. They didn't have trash pickup. So everybody threw their potato peelings and, 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 and things that they couldn't eat anymore and, and their trash. They all threw it at a certain place on this wall. And it was the most shaded place of this wall. I'm talking walls that are 30, 40 feet high. Okay. So they all threw it over in the same area. Okay, and it didn't get much sun, and they threw all their garbage there. And what it means is that 
when, when it comes to, you know, outer darkness and gnashing of teeth, that means that when somebody was accused of a crime, one of their traditions, this is not biblical, but one of their traditions was, they would lower that person over that dark, darkest part of the wall where there wasn't any sunlight and there wasn't any moonlight, and they would lower them over all bound hand and foot, and uh, they would let them just dangle right amongst all the trash and heap and spoiling food. And at night, all the animals would come and ravage that food. And the fear would come up on the people to the point that they would grind their teeth until there was no teeth at all. And then if they pulled them up, or when they pulled them up in the morning they were still alive, well, they were innocent of that. It means they were separated from the kingdom of God for a period of time. And so that's what sin does. It separates you from the kingdom of God. My job is to encourage you with the word of God that you want to serve God so you can experience all his benefits. Okay? So that you can experience the being in the kingdom of God. But when we look at Psalms 103, it says he's already forgiven you of all your iniquities. And then it says he heals, H-E-A-L-S, you of all your diseases. Now, I can't claim I'm really great in the area of the English language. But it's my understanding heals means that you can be healed more than once. Why is that so important? Because you shouldn't feel condemned if you need a healing, hello, somebody. And unfortunately, sometimes in the charismatic word of faith church, it's almost taught in a way that, well, if you're not healed, where's your faith? And we shouldn't talk that way because it shouldn't be in a condemning way. Just because you need to be healed doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's okay to need a healing, but it's not okay to stay there if healing's provided for you. Why stay there if you don't have to? And this is what the Word of God's trying to tell us, is that you don't have to stay sick. We used to sing a song, you know, don't have to be poor no more, don't have to be sick no more. And you don't have to be. And so one of the things to, to, for us to get our healing is that we have to get the mindset and this is what it means to love God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and strength. It means to have a mindset. We need to get a mindset that God wants us healed. Just as much as he wants us to be saved. And so when the Bible says that God doesn't want any man to perish, he's not talking about us not eventually dying. But he is talking about us not living a life of dignity. He wants us healed. He wants you healed. Tell your neighbor, God wants you healed. If you're not sitting next to anybody, just point across the room and say, God wants you healed. God wants you healed. That's his plan for your life. You don't have to say, well, you know, I know God does miracles, but I don't know if he'll do one for me. Well, you know what? He's already provided healing for you. Okay? So, 
We want to teach you, according to the Word of God, on how to receive it. And the first thing is that you have to get that mindset, that revelation that God wants you healed. God wants you healed. He absolutely does. Does God want you saved? Well, then why wouldn't God want you healed? And that's the mindset that we need to work on. And so heals here in Psalms 103, it means, you know what? It can be reoccurring. You know, uh, you, you, know you, you may have gotten a cold, you know, a couple months ago. God healed you. Great. Well, you know what? You may have, you know, a, a sore joint for whatever reason, you know. And Well, okay, let's get that healed. Now, through the word of knowledge, one time I was doing a video conference, you know, this COVID thing really kind of has a silver lining in every cloud. You know, as they say, this COVID thing kind of had a silver lining, and I was asked to do, you know, uh, I do a yearly uh, a, a teaching for uh, the ICFB, and uh, anyway, they asked me, well, we're not going to get together because of COVID, and so anyway, they asked me to do a video, so I did a video. And as I was doing this video, the word of knowledge came up on me. Now, the word of knowledge doesn't heal you. The word of knowledge allows you to know that God wants you healed. And so I, I, I knew some things in my heart. I was just sharing those things. And then finally I said, look, even if your little finger hurts, don't sit there. Just let God heal you. And so the next year when I went and I spoke live, this lady, she just couldn't wait until I got done preaching. She was the first one to up there at the front to talk to me. And she said, you remember saying that? Well, honestly, I don't until she reminded me of it. And she said, when you said a little finger, and she said, I've had some surgery done on this hand for this little finger. And I thought, well, this is as good as it gets. And she said, when you said, even if it's your little finger, let God heal you. And she said, look at this. My little finger's completely healed. Amen. I mean, God's interested in your little finger. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad? He wants you whole and complete. What did he tell the woman who had the issue of blood, who pressed in and touched his garment? He said, your faith has made you whole. She knew immediately she got healed, but it's one thing to get healed, but God wants you complete, which means back into the original place that he made you when he created you. That's where God wants you to be. That's what peace means. You know, nothing missing, nothing broken, being complete in him. And he is the God of peace. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Yeah. So let's look at this. Uh, Psalms 107, verse 20. Now, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of scriptures, but you know what? We're going to go over these things slowly as we teach on this, okay? But Psalms 107, verse 20 says this. He sent his word and he healed them. And he delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word, and he healed them. Well, now, if I go and look at the New Testament, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then John 1, 12, I believe, says, and the word dwelt among us, became flesh. So who would that be? Jesus. Oh, okay, so. And then I look in 1 John, and it says that, the, that, that, that God and the word and the spirit are one. Okay, so, the, you know, this, is, this may be words on a page, but as you 
put faith into them, they produce the very plan of the living God. Now, I don't know how to explain it any better than this, but I will tell you that the Jewish people believe that the Word is God too. In fact, if you go to a Jewish synagogue and you go to a, a service, they'll bring the Torah through. Boy, everybody's celebrating, woo, glory to God, because it's a representation of the presence of God. And they will kiss it. Now, I never kissed the Torah. I just didn't have enough bravery at the time, you know, to kiss a scroll. But I did what some people did. I kissed my, my, my hand and touched it. But the next time it comes through, if they're not careful, I'm going to grab the thing and I'm going to kiss it. <laughs> it's the Word of God. You better believe it's the Word of God. That's how reverent we should be about this. This is God speaking to us. I don't know if I ever know God's will. Well, read the Bible, you'll know God's will. And when you read the Bible, you'll find out it's God's will that you be healed. Amen? And so he sent his word and he healed him, who was Jesus. And then we'll see here, and we'll look at these scriptures in just a minute, that he borne our griefs, he carried our, our, our griefs and our sorrows, and bored our infirmities. In other words, by the stripes of Jesus, it says in Isaiah 53, we are healed. And 2 Peter chapter 2, 24 says, by his stripes, we were healed. So we know that Jesus didn't only die for our sins, but he died for our sicknesses and our disease so that we can be healed. Well, now, Pastor Tom, what about people who've had accidents? Well, the Bible says that people who were maimed, what does maimed mean? That means they get hurt in an accident. He healed them. Is there anything too hard for God? He wants you healed. He wants you totally set free. Well, what about people who bring things on themselves that cause sickness in their bodies? Well, what about Mary Magdalene? Don't you think she brought some things on herself? And it says not only did he cast out demons, but he healed her of her infirmities. Isn't that something? Now, what we understand about Mary Magdalene is that she brought some of these things on herself by her lifestyle. And so no matter which way you look at it, God wants you healed. Whether you left the door open for sickness to come, whether sickness just came, whether you were in an accident, it doesn't matter how it happened, God wants you healed. Tell your, tell your neighbor God wants you healed. God wants you healed. All right, let's go to Matthew 16. In verse 13, and when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. How was this revealed to him? By God, by his Father, which was in heaven. What, what, what happened here? Something was revealed to Peter. Now, there's some things that, you know, you can teach, but there are some things, that, and there are some things that you can be taught, but there are some things that you need to be caught. You have to have it revealed to you. 
Now, you can hear the Word of God all day long and say, well, that's good, and you can try to understand it from an intellectual point of view, but until you have caught this, what does it mean to catch it? What does it mean to reveal? You've taken it on as a personal promise to you. It is yours, and nobody can ever take it away from you. This is yours. This has been revealed to you. What happens when someone dies and there's a will read? Well, the intention of the person who was living has now been revealed to you. Isn't that right? Now, let's just say they revealed to you, I mean, they, 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 they willed to you $100,000. Who does it belong to now? You. How did it happen when the will was revealed? And so God is revealing his will to you. Now, what do you have to do once the will is revealed to you? You got to take it. Exactly right. You got to take it. It's not going to do you any good if you tell the attorney, say, well, just leave it into some type of escrow account until I feel like I'm good enough to receive it. Not me. You know, I'm already tithing on it and giving offering on it and then buying me a brand new car or something. I've already got a plan for it, you know. And, you know, forget that. My wife's got a better plan for it. So, you know, guess who wins out? Anyway. And so he said this. He said, blessed are you, so I remember Jonah, for flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So it wasn't taught, it was caught. And I say to you that you are Peter. So now his name's being changed. You're not Simon but Jonah anymore. And there's a whole reason for that. And on this rock, I'll build my church. And this is the rock that God's building his church on, and that is you catching what he has for you. You getting this revealed, this becoming revelation, this becoming a part of who you are. Uh, and, my, uh, and my church, uh, or, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so... Keep your finger there and go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. All right? Now, I realize this is, you know, part of a sentence preceding that in verse 37. But let's just look at Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Let's look at that again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by healing all those who were oppressed by the healing all those who were oppressed by the well then where did sickness come from? Hmm. Then if the sickness came from the, the devil, how can we say, well, God made me sick to teach me something? Unless the devil is your God. Ooh, that was a. Be careful now, Pastor Tom. Healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So obviously, he's saying, you know what? I came to heal you because sickness is not of God. Sickness is of the devil. All right, now go back to Matthew 16. And I say that you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. In other words, the power of the devil shall not prevail against you. Isn't that right? Hmm. So if we get the revelation knowledge that Jesus came to not only save us but to heal us, then we can destroy the works of darkness. Isn't that what 1 John 3, 8 says? For this reason was Jesus manifested that he might destroy the works of the darkness. So we know that that same spirit's on the inside of us. So the work of darkness can't be, you know, good things, can it? So sickness must be a work of the darkness. And so therefore Jesus came to destroy that. And therefore, since he put his spirit in you, he's given you the ability to destroy it too. Glory to God. You know, like I said, I'm going to slow it all down for the whole month and go over some of these things again because I really want you to get hold of that God wants you healed. God really wants you healed. And we're going to be talking about these things. And so if we know Jesus destroyed the works of darkness and we know sickness comes from the devil and we know it comes from the works of darkness, then you know what? Then we need to rise up and get that mindset that revelation knowledge that, you know what? I don't need to pray for God to heal me. I need to receive that God's healed me. It's already a done deal. It's God's plan for your life. God wants you healed. He wants you whole. That's his plan. That's always been his plan. You know, and then some people come in and say, well, you know, Pastor, what about deformities and what about this and what about other people who don't don't receive their healing you know i don't have the answer to that i'll be the first one to say i don't know the answer to all those things but you know what i don't have to know the answer to all those things because if i begin to begin to start to get along with some of the philosophy of well maybe there are some people that god doesn't heal because look then you know what that takes away somebody else from having the expectation that god could heal them I would say, well, maybe I'm that one. No, you're not that one that can't receive your healing. You are the one that if you were the only one who was sick, God would heal you. That's the mentality. Let's get off of the ones who don't get it, and let's get on the ones who do get it. So, you know, just by chance, no, I take that back. I said that on purpose. So this week I was talking to a pastor, and he was telling me about Ulysses Span. How many of you remember Ulysses Span being here? You know, he said, yeah, he had him about 25 years ago, and there was a lady who didn't have an eardrum, and she couldn't hear out of her ear. And so Ulysses Span, he has a healing ministry, and uh, God's used him powerfully in that. And, and, uh, and so anyway, while he was ministering, this lady who didn't have an eardrum she can hear. Now, I don't know if God replaced her eardrum or if there's some type of miracle going on there, but she now can hear. She came back to the church the next day angry because she would always put her head, the, the, her, the, 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 the side of her head that she could hear on the pillow, and then she wouldn't hear anything and nothing would wake her up. But now that that ear was healed, the traffic kept her up all night long. That's a real problem, right? <laughs> but think about it. You know, God healed her despite the fact that, and she's still healed today, despite the fact that she even kind of complained about it. 
Well, I don't know about you. I'd rather be able to hear and be awakened by traffic than not hear at all. You know, but it was kind of a funny testimony. But yet, the thing is that this is one of the things that we want you to share this month is the testimonies of God who, who maybe you've been healed in the past or maybe God's healed you this month of something. Because we're, in, we're inspecting, we're anticipating. We believe that God's going to do a work, a major work of healing. And if you know somebody that needs to be healed, just encourage them to come and be a part of the services. And so anyway, for us to receive our healing, we need to get the revelation that God wants us healed. Because he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail, or the works of darkness shall not prevail, or, you know, the plan of sickness shall not prevail against you when you have this revelation knowledge. That's what God wants us to understand, is that we can start prevailing against that. All right, what about, all right, I think I have enough time to share this. What about that quote that we hear a lot of, healing is the children's bread? Where does that come from? Well, Go with me to Matthew 15. I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm going to explain it to you right here. Verse 21 through 28. And there's a reason why I want us to look at that one more time. Okay, or again. And then Jesus went out uh, from there, and he departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. What is she? Demon-possessed. Okay. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So doesn't it seem to you that he's saying that I've come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and right now it's not my job, it's not time for me to give their bread to you? Doesn't that kind of add up to you that way? It does to me. seems to me that he's saying, you know what? The bread that I brought today is not for you, but it's for only the house of the children of Israel. And then she came and worshiped, uh, came, or, or, and then she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you desire. And her daughter was, what? Healed. Healed. Wait a minute, I thought she was demon-possessed. Well, let's put that together. Demon-possessed, sick. Now she's healed or delivered. And so healing also is a form of being delivered from the power of the enemy in our lives. And so she had a daughter who she called was demon-possessed, but when she went home, she didn't say she was delivered of demons. It says she was healed. And so part of the children's bread, when we say healing is of the children's bread, we get that from this scripture right here. 
And what does the Bible say when we, when we pray, our Father which art in heaven, the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily. Give us this day our daily. Give us this day our daily. And healing is the children's what? Think about that. That God wants to do a work of healing or keep you healed every day of your life. So I'll close with this thing that happened to me one time that I was confessing, you know, I'll never be broke another day in my life. For those who don't understand that, somebody, you know, was teaching that and, and, and God told them, hey, don't say you're broke anymore. Just say, I'll never be broke another day in my life. And that all sounded good. So I was confessing that in my prayer. I'll never be broke another day in my life. And then out of my spirit came that day. It's over 20 years ago. I'll never be sick another day in my life. I want to tell you, when I first said that, I felt something eerie try to come over me. It's like I had a small case of vertigo. It's like, like the room began to spin. I was going to lose my balance. And I knew exactly what that was. And then I heard, how dare you? How, how dare you? What are you going to tell your congregation the next time you get a cold? Well, you just have to know my personality. <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I've always liked a challenge. And I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. That's exactly what I said. You know? Well, who do you think you are? I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. Well, what's going to happen? I'll never be sick another day in my life. And so from that day on until the day, you'll hear me say it many, many times. If I'm praying, if you hear me pray, I'll never be sick another day in my life. I'll never be sick another day in my life. Pastor, have you been sick? Yep. What do you do? I just say, I'll never be sick another day in my life. Because that's what God gave me a revelation of. It's my daily bread. Give me this day, my daily bread. Give me my dose of healing. I don't have to be sick. Well, what happens when it comes? Well, he heals. It happens. Things happen. I'm not saying every time you have a runny nose or you have a fever that you are demon-possessed. I'm not saying that either. But I do know that this COVID's of the devil. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you some of this stuff that's going on out there is not of God, you know. And don't we have Psalms 91? You know, though a thousand fall on my side and ten thousand my right hand, none, none, somebody say it with me, none, none of these things will come up on me. We believe that. He hasn't even given me all power or the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything harm me. Do we believe that? That's, I mean, you know, there we go. We got Old Testament and New Testament scripture. You know, and so that's what we have there. We know that God wants us healed. And that's part of receiving your healing is getting that mindset. You know, and this is what Paul really meant when he said, Lord, that they may be enlightened to see the hope and the calling that God has for them. Or, or in other words, the hope and the purpose that God has for them. Lord, open my eyes in a greater way that I may catch this revelation that you never want me to be sick another day in my life. Now, we'll be touching on physical healing.
You know, we'll be praying for those who need me physically healed. But listen, there's mental health issues that we need and we want to pray for people, okay? I mean, there's things that go on all the time that, you know, we don't quite understand. And I have a passion to help teach the body of Christ on how to help people get through mental health issues. It goes on. And it's, there's nothing wrong with you if you have a mental health issue. You just need to be healed. Okay? Don't shy away. Don't feel like you're weird or you're different. We don't want you to feel ostracized. And why do we ostracize people who have mental health issues compared to people who have physical health? I don't know. Probably lack of knowledge is probably the main reason. But let's just, anybody that we know who needs healing, let's encourage them to come out and hear this word. And if they can't be a part of our church services, then encourage them to watch the teaching online. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.